And let me take this opportunity to welcome our podcast audience. I'm going to be teaching on a beautiful topic today, how to prophesy by use of plant codes. And I'm going to concentrate on vines and spices. Beautiful topic indeed. Okay, so please tell your friends that the Apostle of Love is online, ready to transform lives, ready to change lives. Glory to Jesus forevermore. Okay, now, whenever you see a vine, it just doesn't stand for Jesus. Because in the book of John 15, from verse 1, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the vine, and the father is the farmer or the husband's man and we are the branches and the bible says that every branch that does not bear fruit he cuts it off and throws it into the fire and the branch that bears fruit he prunes there's certain things happening in your life right now that are called pruning some of it is painful some of it is difficult but god is pruning you there's a way god loves to use the fiery furnace of affliction, not disease this time. No, God never uses disease to teach any lesson to anybody. But there are certain difficulties you go through in life that are tailor-made for your maturity. For example, you cannot be in athletics without sweating it away, doing your practices, and being coached on a daily basis. In fact, the Bible says when you're an athlete, there are certain things you're not even allowed to eat. You know, an athlete can't just go to any restaurant to just eat anything. They might fail the doping test, for example, you see. So when God wants his people to mature, he subjects them to testing. The way a teacher would test a student so that the attainment levels can be established. So there are certain difficulties that you may be going through right now that are supposed to mature you. And the Bible says, if you faint not, you will be rewarded. So Jesus Christ is the vine, and we are the branches. But now I'm talking about a vine, which actually stands for a wife. So as a prophetic person, when you see a vine, these things that creep, it doesn't have to be a vineyard. It doesn't have to be a vine from a vineyard. It doesn't even have to be a gourd. But if you see plants that creep, for example... The ones with tendrils, what are they called? The climbers, the ones that climb, they have to be supported. Tomatoes, for example, have to be supported on a stake for them to grow upward. Otherwise, they'll just grow spreading on the face of, of the ground and that sometimes affects the production of the fruit. So if you see any tree or any plant that creeps or grows or climbs and stuff like that and has tendrils with which it holds onto its stake then we are talking about a wife that's what the bible says that's a vine and in this particular case i'm talking about a vine not as jesus but as a wife remember in the prophetic realm very many things can mean very many things you see Prophecy is about what you see, what you hear. Now, if somebody looks at me right now, they'll say, well, he's wearing a green shirt, blue jeans, if you can see it clearly, and he has black hair. Now, that's all true. But you can also say that he's a man. See, that's also true. So you may have said, this guy is wearing green shirt, blue jeans, yeah, slightly faded and black hair. Then somebody comes and says, well, there's a computer in front of him and something looks like a table and some flowers and there's a wall behind him. You see, would you say that the second person is wrong? It's just that the second person is talking about other details which are also correct and true. So in the prophetic realm, one thing can mean 10 or 20 different things. So you can't say, well, but this prophet said A, and now you're saying B, and this other one is saying C. It really depends on how detailed a person is and what they're seeing, the angle at which they're looking, okay? The approach, and all of it is always correct, okay? 
Now, one can also say he's a Kenyan. And it's true. Another one will say he lives in Nairobi. And you can even go up to my house number, you know, the, the actual address of where I stay. You see, that's now getting into a forensic matter, getting into the detail of the matter. Okay. So one who simply says he's an apostle has got it right. Another one says he's a husband. That has also got it right. Another one says he's a father. That one has also got it right. Another one says he's a businessman. Okay. Another one will say he operates in the gift of the Spirit. You see, you can define what we do in so many different ways. And that's how the prophetic is. The interpretation of the prophetic things are usually like that. So a prophetic person sees vines or clusters of grapes as a spouse, a wife. Okay. I'm going to give you scriptures to prove that. And it's important to consistently depend on the Holy Spirit to teach you. The Holy Spirit is our wisdom, is our knowledge. The Bible says there's no prophecy that is of private interpretation. That prophecy came when men of old were inspired by the Holy Spirit. They were told what to do by the Holy Spirit. They just didn't come up with the idea. So as a prophetic person, as you learn to hear the voice of God, can you please consistently depend on the Holy Spirit by asking him to help you? Say, Holy Spirit, you are the revealer of everything. All truth is found in you. You're the one that makes Jesus real. You're the one that makes the Bible alive. Would you not open my eyes and my ears right now to hear clearly, to be in tune with you? He's the one that draws you, by the way, to even call upon his name. He's the one that draws you to pray. The Bible says, draw me and we will run after you. It is the Spirit of God that draws you and then you run after God. The Bible says, it's God who took the initiative to get you saved. That God proves his love to others. That when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God took the initiative. So the Spirit of God will move you to prophesy. He wants you to prophesy. He wants you to know what goes on in the spiritual realm. He wants you to know what's in the prophetic realm. And that's why he sends us to teach you and to train you. I can say Real Light is online saying, Hello, Apostle. Blessings and love. Prince George is online too. Blessings and love. Franz Mwepe is online. He says, Good evening, man of God. Can you believe at this time I'm having... A trance. Wow, that's so beautiful. That's beautiful. I bless your trance in Jesus' name. See everything you need to see in the spiritual realm. That's supposed to be a natural way of operating, you know. In other words, you just speak English or speak your local language. So, you know, with, with such ease. That's how you ought to operate in the prophetic as well. Of course, progressively, step by step, as you grow in grace. So, Psalm 128 verse 3 says... Your wife shall be as a fruitful vine. Do you see where I was coming from now? You, you know, when we open our mouth and we speak, sometimes people think we are making things up. Or we are talking about incredible things. <laughs> you know. But the Bible says here, your wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of your house. Your children, like olive plants, round about your table. So when you see any creeping plants then only talk about Jesus the vine and we the branches those creeping plants or climbers also talk about a wife and the Bible says a fruitful wife by the sides of your house so the house now stands for the husband she's a vine by the husband do you see because we are also temples of the Holy Spirit. We are houses. Glory to Jesus forevermore. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. We are houses. Okay? We are the house of God. And the Bible says that your children, like olive plants, round about your table. So you see, the table is a significant prophetic symbol. The table is the place where family gathers around. The table is also a place where decisions are made. The table, like trapeza, you see we say trapeza TV, trapeza is actually Greek for table. A table where money is exchanged. You see that? A table where work is done. So when you see a table in the prophetic realm, 
Think of family. Who sits around the table? Family. Who sits around the table? Business people. Who sits around the table? Maybe students. Who sits around the table? Those who want to discuss something or people that want to eat together, they always sit around the table, which is why the Holy Communion is called the table of the Lord. Do you see? So as a prophetic person, you see a table, immediately start thinking of family, fellowship, okay, union, communion, people coming together, people loving each other, okay? So when I look at you and what comes to my mind is a table, then I need to start thinking along those lines. So that's how the Spirit of God speaks. He gives you a symbol, even a picture of a table. You find there's a picture in your mind of a table itself. And you start wondering, well, I'm looking at a lady. The lady is called Lucy. But in my mind, I'm not seeing Lucy. I'm seeing a table. So what's with a table and Lucy? First, somebody could be called a table in a family. And that might completely get her attention. Because sometimes there's certain names that are hidden that no one knows except the, the holder, the owner of the name. And when the Spirit of God reveals those things to you that way, then that person knows that for sure God is with you. Do you see? So, like I've always told you, don't ignore anything. Don't take anything for granted. Okay? There is no unnecessary detail in the prophetic. Everything is significant. Everything is important. Dixie Heller is online. God bless you, my dear. Love you so very much. I love you guys. This is the apostle of love. Okay? So receive love in Jesus' mighty name. Receive love in Jesus' mighty name. Yeah, sometimes internet fluctuates. So if you see our pictures glitching, for example, pixelating, please just understand that there's a major internet issue world over because they are fixing the cables underneath the seas and the oceans. The cables that help us get internet, I think they're being sorted out. Maybe they're upgrading, but there's something that they're doing that is interfering with the consistent flow of internet as we want it to. My sister, maybe David is online. Love you so very much. So, your wife is a vine, but the sight of your house and your children like olive plants round about your table. Now, olives, olive plants, a beautiful plant, but the fruit called the olive fruit is the one from where we extract olive oil. Now, olive oil is the purest form of oil that God loves so that he uses that to symbolize the Holy Spirit. That's why sometimes we use anointing oil. Anointing oil is made of olive plus many other spices like frankincense, like ma, cassia, etc. I'm going to explain what these spices mean in the prophetic realm as we go along. So your children are anointed. You see, that's what the Bible says. If one couple is saved and the other isn't, the children they get become holy seed, anointed seed, a royal priesthood, a holy people, peculiar people, chosen generation. They are anointed. They're not sinners. The Bible says that just children are now holy. Otherwise, they wouldn't be holy because the saved spouse sanctifies the unsaved spouse. You have so much power. I just wish you knew. Do you know you spouse? Maybe your husband, you lady. You know, I always speak prophetically. So when I'm talking, I'm always talking about somebody. You lady, your husband is not very serious about the things of God. But you are serious about the things of God and it bothers you so much. You wonder, why can't this guy just take his place as the priest of the home? Don't worry, in such a scenario, you sanctify the man. And your children are declared holy and the devil cannot touch them. Because God already lays claim on them. You see, the devil has no right over them because they've been declared holy. The devil goes for unholy things. He doesn't touch holy things. Holy things burn him. They destroy him. So you declare, my children are holy. My husband is sanctified. Or vice versa. If you're a man and you're serious with the things of God and your wife isn't, you sanctify her. I'm telling you, even if the man goes drinking and comes back home when you, you've gone for church service and you come back home and you find, oh, the guy went drinking and stuff, you still sanctify him. And the time is going to come when your sanctification as a ministry in this man's life will turn his heart and he will come to Jesus. I promise you, your power is so significant. If you can forgive sin to the extent that God himself forgives, because the Bible says, whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. 
Whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. If you can forgive people and then God follows up and forgives the same person, what makes you think that you cannot transform your spouse by sanctifying them? Okay. Glory to God. So the vine is the wife. The children stand for anointing. Your children are anointed because they're like olive plants and olive stands for anointing. That's anointing oil. The very presence of the Holy Spirit. Glory to Jesus. So this fruitful vine means that the wife is not only a mother of blessed children, but that the works of her hands are blessed too. Because she's fruitful. The Bible says she's fruitful. Remember, whenever you see a fruit in the prophetic realm, it talks about success, prosperity, health, happiness, joy, fulfillment. Glory to God. My precious wife says you are a wonderful blessing and your teachings bringing great revelation to the body of Christ. I love you, honey. I'm a fruitful vine by you, my darling, and our children round about our table. Amen. That's so beautiful. I love that. Draw me and I would run after you. God has proven his love to us that while we were yet sinners, God drew us to himself. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's my beautiful wife. You should see her. She's so beautiful. And I just got her a nice chain and earrings. She's all smiles. She can't stop smiling. You should look at her. You find find where you can you can see her and, and see the big smile on her face. I bought her a number of things and she's so happy. I took the children for shopping and while we were shopping, I asked our children, what can we get, mommy? And we looked and we saw some nice necklace and some nice earrings and the baby said, daddy, buy this for mommy. And that's exactly what I did. And she's so happy because I love her so much. And consistently, we work on our marriage relationship consistently. It is something we work on a daily basis. Okay, we are getting better and better as the days go by. Glory to God. Just as as I was preparing for this broadcast and podcast, we were discussing things with my wife. Yeah, Uh, We like standing in front of the toilet mirror and sometimes we just sit there and just talk. I think there's a there must be a portal there. Yeah? Because we, we like talking there sometimes. You know, we might be saying, okay, now we're leaving the next 30 minutes and we'll spend those 30 minutes in front of that mirror in the washroom. And the bathroom, washroom, What? which one is the best word to use? Somebody told me I shouldn't say toilet, I should say washroom. Yeah? Yeah? Uh, somebody told me that. Anyway, so my wife was saying, we're discussing how God is just helping us grow. We are happier, more patient, more loving. We can tell, we can see these things in our own lives. We can see God is moving in our lives. He's changing things in our lives. And it's just so wonderful and so amazing. So ours is a day-to-day progressive focus on growth and development. We're not going to be high on anything, ladies and gentlemen. The world is so full of fast this and fast that and instant this and instant that. It does not work in relationships. It doesn't work in Christianity. In Christianity, you enter in as a student and you do your work until you finish your year. Then you move on to second year and you do your work until you finish. You cannot walk into Christianity and expect things to happen instantly. It's a lifestyle. It's a life of eternity. So God spends his sweet time training you. You see, the more important you are in the kingdom of God, the longer you're training. The more important your role is in a company, the longer you're training, the higher and the longer you're training. If you're going to handle lives of human beings as a medical doctor, you're going to spend seven years. When others are spending four years, you'll spend seven years to get your degree qualification because you need a longer season of training and more focused skills because of the kind of work that you do. And it doesn't mean that the other jobs are inferior, no. It just depends on the fact that there's a level of precision you need when you're dealing with human life. You might not need as much precision when you're dealing with other things, yeah? Because, for example, if you cut a tree, it may grow again. But if you mistreat a human being, if you don't give them the right treatment, they may just die and never grow again, you see? Glory to Jesus. Apple is watching. I love you so much, my dear. Dixie says, I'm using... Young olive oils, Vala, frankincense, purification, lavender, white, angelica, perfect. Now that's a prophetic person. You are now behaving like a prophet. Glory to God. 
one of these fine days I'll teach you about prophetic food, what prophets should eat so that they start seeing more and hearing more in the spiritual realm. There are specific things prophetic people should eat. You say, oh, I thought we're just supposed to believe now. A lot of narrow people are like that. We are just supposed to believe, you know, because Jesus completed everything. Oh, my dear, Jesus is all knowledge, isn't he? But why do you still have to go to school to learn to read and write and all these things that you do? Why can't you just sit home and say, Jesus is my knowledge? Why can't you just sit in your bedroom and never eat at all saying, Jesus is the bread of life? You see, there's the natural aspect of things that we need to take care of. And then these natural things influence the spiritual so if you're using some of these aromatic unguents, aromatic uh, uh, essential oils, for example, they create ambience for spiritual things, okay? The Spirit of God loves things that smell sweet. He does not love things that are pungent and putrid. He likes sweet-smelling things. That's his nature. That's why flowers smell sweet. The only time a flower will ever smell pungent or like a rotten thing is when it's like there's a certain flower that eats insects. So it attracts flies. As flies like going to where things are rotten. Remember the flies are not were not originally created by God. Those uh, things that were created by fallen angels under the order of Beelzebub, the king of the flies. Okay, the manifestation of that kingdom. Beelzebub is the spirit of the fallen angel that is responsible for the gates of hell. That's the one that keeps the gates of hell. So when people are going to hell, Beelzebub is the one that opens it and closes it and opens it and closes it, you know. It's so strange that hell has actually has gates. Yeah. Heaven has gates too. Your life has gates as well. Everything has a gate. All right. So prophetic people must eat prophetic food. Remember John the Baptist, he ate locusts and honey. Elijah ate honey as well. Prophetic people need to take care of their protein a lot because when you're doing prophetic work and you're doing things of the spirit, especially deliverance, you use a lot of protein. And sometimes people feel tired and worn out as if they're under some form of attack. Nothing will attack you, come on, the Bible says. You've been given authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the powers of the enemy. Nothing shall harm you. So I keep hearing people saying, oh, I'm under attack, under attack. It is your mouth attacking you. Because it's your mouth saying those words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Don't use your mouth to speak things like that. I'm under attack. I'm under attack. No, you're not. It's the devil under attack. The devil is the one on the receiving end. The devil's the one whose demons you're casting out on a daily basis. He's losing by the second. In fact, by the microsecond. He's losing in Jesus' mighty name. He's under attack, not you. Glory to God. And the reason you're still alive today is because the sickness that has been in your life will not kill you. It is evacuating. It's leaving. It is moving house. It's found your body too hot because the Spirit of God is active there. Especially when you start talking in tongues. Glory to Jesus. Prince George says, man of God, when you see people in a dream, what does it mean? You, you are seeing their angels. You're not seeing the, the, the real person, mostly, especially if you see a man of God in a dream. You're seeing the angel of the man of God. Now, the angel of the man or woman of God looks exactly like them. So you may see me in your dream, but it's not me, really. It's my angel that came to your dream world while I'm asleep. But sometimes it's also possible to see the real person's spirit. Why? Because the dream world is an out-of-body experience. Some of you think that dreams are just mental experiences. No. When you dream, your spirit literally gets out of your body and goes to those places. And your spirit begins to operate in the spiritual realm very clearly. Now you know how the spiritual realm works and how it looks. It looks exactly like the physical realm. As it is in the natural, so is it in the spiritual. The Bible says, first the natural was created, then the spiritual. Natural first, then the spiritual. So if you want to see how trees look in the spiritual, look at the trees in the natural. That's why I like teaching you about natural things. How to prophesy by using plant code. When you see it in the natural, that's exactly how it looks in the spiritual. When you see its properties and its functions in the natural, that's exactly how it functions in the spiritual. You understand? So... When you see a person in the spirit, it's their spirit that has come out. But in some cases, the angel that works with them, their guardian angel, that has come to help you. Sometimes people have seen people in doubles. There's a certain prophet who thinks it's two. He thinks it's double. It's two people. You know, you know where the confusion comes in? Because 
he, he was in a panoramic vision, I suppose, or I believe, and, uh, and he saw himself. Have you ever seen yourself in a dream? Like you're, you're sitting there and you're seeing yourself doing things. See, that's, that's a panoramic dream. You can even see two of you. Like I'm sitting here and I'm seeing two Apostle Joseph Helens out there doing things, even probably talking to each other. And you may think that's so crazy. No, one is the real spirit and the other one is the guardian angels because they look exactly alike. They talk alike, they act alike. They're like twins, okay? Glory to God, hallelujah. Jesus is wonderful, Prince George says amen. Okay, so a dream is an out-of-body experience. Now, for you to learn to prophesy, you need to learn to dream in the day. <laughs> in other words, what people do in the night when they're asleep, you should be able to do when you're awake, getting your spirit out of your body. Then you can see things. Huh? When you talk in tongues, your spirit begins to come out of your body. All right? Have you ever tried, have you ever thought of somebody, you said, let me call someone. So, and then immediately they call you. Do you know what triggered them to call you? Because your spirit got out and extended all the way to where they were and engaged their spirit and they began to think about you. So the two of you are absolutely accurately prophetic. But people think these things just happen and this is how you lose out. So you're not able to hear God's voice more clearly because you think these things are just by chance. But that's how prophetic things work. We don't neglect any detail. Dixie says the devil's lost. Oh yeah, he's under your foot. He's of no consequence anymore unless you allow him with your tongue. It is your tongue that empowers the devil. It is also your tongue that disarms the devil and gets rid of him together with his evil spirit and any other minions that he uses to spearhead his evil agenda. Okay? So Psalm 8 verse 2 says, Out of the mouth of babes and suckling hast thou ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may steal the enemy and the avenger. Children have power of deliverance. Where children are singing, where children are playing, where children are active, demons cannot be found there because that's how they praise God. They yell, they scream, they play, they sing, they laugh. Have you, have you ever heard how beautiful the laughter of a child is? It's so pure, so heartfelt, so honest. The devil can stand that. That's what the Bible says. Out of the lips of children, God has ordained praise to destroy the enemy. This is why when the disciples didn't want the children to come close to Jesus because they were noisy, Jesus rebuked them and told them, Allow the children to come to me because of such is the kingdom of heaven. That is found in the book of Mark chapter 10 verse 13 to 14. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So I'm going to teach you until you can sit here and your spirit gets out of your body and you begin to read things. You can read somebody's book. <laughs> you can go to another city and see things there and come back and stuff like that. Because you already do that in your dream. But you never knew that the fact that you dream means you're a prophetic person. God is teaching you things in the prophetic realm. The devil is talking to you in the prophetic realm. Demons talk to you there. People's spirits talk to you. Haven't you had a dream you're talking to somebody and they're actually talking back? You're in a, an absolute prophetic realm. But it's just that most of you don't know how to do that in the natural realm when you're awake. You don't know how to engage yourself in the spirit. And that's the reason why before you fall asleep and before you wake up, that moment of a trance, that trance-like moment, that's when you're quickly downloading what's in the spirit into the natural. That's why it's called a trance. You're, you're in touch with both worlds at the same time. That's a trance. Okay, In a dream, you are absolutely in the spirit. Your body looks dead, only breathing. Yeah, but totally subconscious. But in a trance, you're conscious. But you're withdrawing from one realm and feeding another and vice versa. Glory to Jesus. These prophetic things will transform you and change you forever in the mighty name of Jesus. And remember, the key to sharpening any gift whether it's prophecy, whether it's healing, whether it's miracles, casting out of demons or what, even the understanding of the word of God, revelation of the word of God, the key is in talking in tongues. You have to be a person who talks in tongues all the time and keep building your tongue so that your tongues become tongues of maturity. 
don't stick where you've always been. I know fans maybe it's about to start enjoying this because every time I talk about tongues, I like to make fun of how um, how beginners in the things of God, you know, how the junior class in the things of God. There's junior class in the things of God. God is a God of protocol, okay? He's a God of protocol. That's why even angels are not all the same ranking. There are different ranks in the things of God. The Bible says even stars differ in glory. One star differs from another in glory. Their bodies celestial and their bodies terrestrial. They're different bodies according to God's creation. So when people are learning tongues, mostly just going that's what they do and that's beautiful for a beginner but don't stick there for a year don't even stick there for three months you need to start learning see the thing what makes it hard for you to speak in tongues is your mind interferes all the time your mind has its function tongues is not one of them okay so don't let your mind get in there because your mind is supposed to deal with things that are, that you're conscious of not mysteries mysteries are things that are spiritual so don't let your mind stop you because your mind will say, what are you saying? You're making up those words. Even if you make them up, they're coming from your spirit. So they are real. They are realities. Okay? Remember, your spirit cannot lie. When your spirit begins to talk, that's true. So you can't make things up even if you tried to. You cannot. You'll be speaking verities. A child of God is no longer their own. The Bible says you're not your own. You're bought with a price. So glorify God with the spirit of your bodies, which are God's. You are not your own, but he gives you freedom to use your body whichever way you like, but you're not your own. Okay? You, you belong to God. So when your spirit is engaged and you're praying, God takes complete charge at that time. So you can trust the words that come out. Okay? Matthew 21, 16, the Bible says, And he said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? Now, these are the Pharisees that were upset because children were singing, Hosanna, 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 Hosanna. And our children are so cute and beautiful. And they are playing and they don't look like they're taking it seriously. They run, they say, Hosanna, Hosanna. The way my children like doing. And then they run back and then they're jumping and they're doing hide and seek and all the things that children do. And they're singing, Hosanna. And it's so pure and so beautiful. Yesterday when I was teaching you on worship, I could hear the voices of my children, Dero and Miska, pure, beautiful voices, so innocent and full of the Holy Spirit, singing in the background as I, as I played the piano and sang songs of worship. It was so beautiful and so glorious. So these are the ones that the disciples of Jesus didn't want around, and the Pharisees were upset with them because they called Jesus Hosanna. Yeah? So the, the, the Pharisee says, don't you hear what they say? And Jesus said unto them, Matthew 21, 16. Yeah, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? You see, Psalm 8 verse 2 gives the reason why the praise is perfected to destroy the enemy. The reason I'm building this up is because your children are olive plants. Olive plants are for anointing. A person who is anointed is imbued and endued with power to effect change. In this particular case, they're talking with the enemy at the gate. That's what the Bible says. In Psalm 127, verse 3 to 5, the Bible says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is, is his reward. If you have a child, God has given you an, a heritage, his heritage. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. You're already rewarded. You are an heir of God when you have a child, or when you're taking care of a child. You could be a, uh, what they call a foster parent or a guardian and all that. As long as you're taking care of somebody, you are an heir of God. The person could even be older than you. Like if you choose to take care of your parents in their, you know, in their old age, uh, I pray that people don't grow old, but people are growing old. So we have to deal with that, that fact. Yeah. If you're looking after anybody, even if the person is younger than you, that becomes like your child. And that's your heritage from God. And when God gives you a, heri a heritage, he funds you as well. He gives you ideas that will help you make the money that you need to look after the heritage. And the Bible says the fruit of the womb is his reward. So any person that depends on you, be they biologically yours or yours by naturalization or whatever way, 
that person is a reward from God. And the reward from God is God bringing his own person. The Bible says, you are my shield in the book of uh, Genesis 15. And my exceeding great reward. God told Abraham, I'm your shield and I'm your exceeding great reward. You see that? So when God gives you a child as a reward, when God gives you a child as a reward, you know what he's telling you? That I'm also bringing you money as a reward. Okay? Glory to Jesus. Are you getting it? This is how you build up the prophetic. This is how you build up your gift as a prophet or as a prophetic person. Yeah? Genesis 15 verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision saying, Fear not, Abraham. I'm your shield and your exceeding great reward. So when he gives you a child that's prophetic for God being your reward. Because the Bible says children are a heritage, an inheritance. Now an inheritance is a powerful thing. If God gives you an inheritance, you're rich, you're sorted, you're loaded. But most Christians don't know these things. That's why you're struggling. You have an inheritance from God. Hallelujah. Take it. Believe it. Speak it. You have an inheritance from God. And if you get a child, it even gets better. Because there are angels, according to Matthew 18 verse 10, there are angels are ever looking at the face of the Father, reporting what is needed in the family. The angels look at the face of the Father and they say, in that family there is no money, there is no food. These guys cannot meet their debt obligations or pay their bills. And God dispatches angels quickly because he doesn't want his child, the inheritance from heaven to suffer. Are you getting it? So you need to get these things into your spirit so that you become a great success in the mighty name of Jesus. They are rewards. See, I'm teaching you to have your ears open, tuned to the things of God, understanding the word of God. Because prophecy is the principle where prophesying, the Bible says, the word of God is a more sure word of prophecy. A more sure word of prophecy is scripture. You need to know that. Even though God will tell you many things that are not in the scriptures, when he's speaking to you prophetically, he will always use the Bible as the standard for everything. So you need to know the Bible and how to interpret it because interpretation of scripture in itself is prophecy. You are a person God has already rewarded. So you shouldn't be poor. You shouldn't be broke. You shouldn't be troubled. You are a person who, if you have children, then you, you have a reward. All rewards given usually have financial benefits as well. You see, if you win, like for us who are musicians, somebody who wins a Grammy Award or Emmy Award, there's always some money attached to the award or the reward. Do you see? So you can't afford to be where you are. Change your mind. Change your, your mindset. Let there be a paradigm shift in the name of Jesus so that you start appropriating the things God has for you as his child. Glory to Jesus forevermore. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Look at that. That scripture is loaded. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. That if you have a child, whether biological or not, or somebody depending on you, they're like an arrow in your hands. They shoot at the enemy and destroy the enemy. That's what the Bible says. They'll speak with the enemy at the gate. Verse 5. Psalm 127, happy is the man or the person that has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed. Look at that. You shall not be ashamed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Glory to God. You see, your life is sorted for you. Your life is made for you. But the trouble with most Christians, they listen to everything except the word of God. So they're so knowledgeable in so many other things about life but not that knowledgeable in the word of God. You need to know the word of God for you to appropriate all these benefit, benefits and all these sweet verities and the riches that are found in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay. Matthew 10, Mark 10 verse 14 to 15. Here is where the kids, children are being kicked out of the temple because they were noisy and Jesus chides the Pharisees and, the, and he chides the, uh, his disciples. The disciples here are saying in verse 14, but when Jesus, uh, verse 13, that, oh, master, let's chase these kids away. They're making so much noise and we want to hear good news. And Jesus answered and said, 
when he saw it, he was much displeased. Jesus was displeased when they wanted to tell the children to go away. In your church, what happens usually? They chase the children away before the preacher starts preaching, right? Do you know that Jesus doesn't like that? Oh, go to the crash. Is it called a crash? And is it called a crash? Where kids are taught. Children should go to children's class. Oh, wait a minute. When you're raising kids in your family, do you raise them as children's class? Or do you raise them as your family? Yeah. You see, there's some things that people do because they grew up and they saw others do. But he never questioned why. Children learn the best in the presence of adults. So if you go to a church and you know, you're in a church service and you tell kids to go to their own school so that the adults can be taught the harder things, uh-uh, you're missing it. Jesus said, let them stay where I'm teaching. Don't take them to Sunday school. Let them stay. Can't you read from the word of God? Jesus was displeased when the disciples were sending their kids to the crash. He was displeased when they were being sent to Sunday school. Go out there and go to your children's class. Jesus said, no, I want them here. The kingdom of God is found in these. When you see a child, don't you see a child? Yes, love the baby and care for the baby. But the presence of a child is also the presence of the kingdom of God. Jesus said that. That's how you interpret prophecy. When you see a child, you know, oh, the kingdom of God is here. The manifest power of the kingdom, the angels, the money, the budget, everything that a kingdom needs. When a child appears, those things have appeared. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. You're blessed when you have them around you. They don't have to be your children. But if you have children around you, you're blessed. If your quiver is full of them, the devil has to run away. Because the kingdom of God manifests there. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ said, If I by the finger of God cast out demons from you, Luke 11 verse 20, then the kingdom of God has come. So where children are, the kingdom of God is, and deliverance is the order of the day. Demons have to go in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you seeing how powerful these things are? Read the Bible and follow it as it is. Don't just follow your doctrine from your religion or your denomination. Read the Bible for yourself. Question things. Don't just accept everything. Be like a Berean. Be noble like a Berean. Questioning why things happen the way they do. Glory to Jesus. Oh my God. Irene says to you that I heard a voice that she's a witch. Uh, I was like, no, how? Okay. Now, those are not voices that are useful. Just cancel them in Jesus' name because those are accusative voices. Yeah? You, you need to be more attuned to voices like, she's lovely, she's beautiful, she's a candidate of salvation. You know, good news. The gospel is good news. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. It doesn't mean that bad news isn't there, but how good news overcomes bad news. The Bible says, overcome evil with good. Evil never overcame good. Good always overcomes evil. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. I connect the love of children. Amen. We gotta love children. You gotta love children. You'll find a demonic society, a demonic society oppresses women and children. An anointed and blessed society frees women and children and, and emboldens them and empowers them and enables them to do whatever they were created to do. Where the Spirit of God reigns, women are happy and they are free. Children are happy and they are free. Okay? There is no such thing as you can't do this, you can't do that because you're a woman. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, women can be whatever they want to be. They can rise to whichever level of the society. They can lead in politics if they want. They can lead in business if they want. Whatever they want to do, they can do. Where the Spirit of God is, there's liberty. Women are liberated. Hallelujah. Did you know that God is a liberal? <laughs> Some of you thought that God was a leftist conservative, yeah? <laughs> He's completely liberal. He says, where my spirit is, there's liberality. There's liberty. Freedom. Oh, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Francis, hmm, like that, your spirit cannot lie. Oh, he likes it. Yeah, your spirit always tells the truth. It is your mind that brings in other issues and your flesh other senses of your body you know the sense of touch sense of smell sense of uh, taste sense of what what other senses are there the five of them hearing and what's the other one uh, so there's taste 
there is smell, there is touch, there is hearing and seeing, sight, yes. Now, if you operate by the senses only, then you will confuse the truth that's already in your spirit. That's why your spirit should take precedence. The ascendancy should be in your spirit. Dominion should be in your spirit. How do you make your spirit dominant? Talk in tongues. Your spirit will begin to dominate. And then be a person given to the word of God because your spirit feeds on the word of God. And that's what makes your spirit strong. Then your spirit can heal your body. When your spirit is fed on the word, that spirit can heal your body. But if your spirit is so easily discouraged, if you want to know that the word of God is not richly dwelling in you, notice how easy it is to get you discouraged. A little test, you're discouraged. You're down. <laughs> I'm going to help you and lift you up in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Aaron says, I'm an heir. I'm singing glory to Jesus. Yes, you are, my dear. That's who you really are. Dixie says, our sense all pick up on the prophetic. Amen. Yes, if your senses are subjected to your spirit, your senses will pick up everything that's prophetic. France is giving me a dream here. France, did I answer your question on what? What day was that? Was it on Thursday? There's a question you asked about, is it you or asked or someone else, about why Uzzah was killed when he touched the, the ark? Was it you? Because the Spirit of God just reminded me right now that I didn't answer that question. Is it you who asked it? Okay, I'm going to answer that while when I'm interpreting your dream, okay? Let me carry on teaching you the pure word of God, yeah? Mark 10, 14 to 15. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Allow the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Now what's the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Spirit. Yeah? That's the kingdom of God. Romans 14 verse 17. The kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Spirit. And what what's the manifestation of the kingdom of God? Deliverance, freedom from demonic power. If I, by the finger of God, cast out demons from you, then the kingdom of God has come. Deliverance is a manifestation of the coming, the presence of the kingdom of God. And children are the prophetic embodiment of that kingdom. So verse 15, Mark 10 says, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. Children receive with ease. You know, I teach my, my children to pray and in the morning, we, you know, we pray together, we pray in tongues and then we pray with understanding but we do deliverance every day. We do deliverance every day because demons are sneaky fellows. They can just sneak on you even if you haven't done anything wrong. So you need to, you need to be in charge of your territory, consolidate what's yours and guard it against demonic infestation. So you need to kick them out every single day. Okay? And so I teach them the things of God. Okay, Franz says yes. Okay, I'm going to tell you why Uzzah uh, was killed when he touched the Ark of the Covenant. In fact, let me just tell you right now. If you're told that this is live wire, don't touch it. What happens when you do? <laughs> don't you get electrocuted? The trouble with human beings is they're given instructions. They go the opposite way, you know? So Uzzah was told, you can only touch this thing if you're the high priest. Are you getting that? And do you know why the ark shook in the first place? They were transporting it the wrong way. They used cows <laughs> to transport the ark of God. When God said the ark is to be carried on the shoulders of the priest. You read Leviticus, it's written there. The priests carry it on their shoulders. And there's going to be trumpets blowing. And the priests carrying the ark. And they are supposed to say, bless the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. They are supposed to say those words. And then they are supposed to sacrifice as they do it. These guys just decided, put it in a cart. Pull it like any other goods. Now the trouble arose when David began to sing. When you sing the manifest weighty kabod, the glory of God rests upon the earth because he sits on it. So God came and sat on the earth and the earth shook. And this Uzzah said, oh, it's going to fall. And as he touched it, boom, dead, electrocuted. 
Is God mean? No. Is your power company mean? When it tells you don't touch danger, electricity. They are being kind, not mean. What happens when you touch it? Did they kill you? Did the power company, electricity company kill you? No. Your own foolishness killed you. If you're told, don't dive here. And you go diving and you hit your head on a rock and die. Would you say, oh, the owner of the pool killed me? Yet he said, don't dive. This is not the place to dive. Yeah. Don't get into the water without a coach, without a swim coach. You see, when they tell you, wear your seatbelt as you drive. And then you choose not to wear your seatbelt. And you have to engage emergency brakes. And then the steering wheel hits your ribs and breaks one of them. Would you say the manufacturer of your car, Toyota, broke your ribs? No, your disobedience to simple instructions broke your ribs. So that's what happened to Uza. That thing became alive, live electricity, because David was singing. He was singing and dancing and jumping. You know how David was a, was a great praise, in a great worshiper. He praised God and with, with all his heart, adored him and sung for him and danced for him. And when you do that, even on your own, the atmosphere thickens with the presence, manifest presence of God. Yeah. Of course, today that wouldn't happen because Jesus already paid for all that. Before then, Jesus was not yet crucified. Now we are, we are in a certain season called the acceptable year of the Lord. In Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because it's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, to bring uh, freedom to the captives, and to declare the acceptable year of the Lord, not the year of the vengeance of our Lord. Jesus closed the book without reading the year of the vengeance of the Lord because we are now in what we call the acceptable year of the Lord. So God doesn't kill your enemies. You know, he doesn't kill anybody now. And he never killed anybody in the past. It's people's ignorance and their mouths that have, have always killed them, not God. All right. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> now, Francis is laughing. Uh, oh, he says, before I answered you, I was interrupted by Mandazi. Oh, Maguena. <laughs> yes, it's true. We were talking about Maguena instead of answering you. And now he's laughing. He, say, he says, it's our lack of knowledge. Poor Uza. Yes, it's ignorance. Why do you touch life wire? And then you blame God for killing you. <laughs> it's like it's like somebody uh, taking an overdose of medicine and getting into trouble and then blaming the the pharmaceutical shop where you know the pharmacy where he bought the thing. The pharmacies told you one times three, and then you decided to do three times three. Yeah, you start feeling strange in your body. You see, those are some of the things we call the we call them the tenets. Okay, the statutes. In the kingdom of God, there are two things: there's statutes and judgments. Statutes inhibit; they stop you from doing things that can harm you. Judgments teach you what you ought to do to be successful. This is how you live with each other. This is how you live with your wife. This is how you live with other people. But statutes tell you: don't talk on the phone while you're driving. You need hands-free. Put your earphones on so that you have full focus on the steering wheel and the control of the vehicle. Instead of having your hand on the phone, on your ear, and you're trying to negotiate and stuff like that, you are endangering yourself. So that's called a statute. They are statutory obligations, things that you need to do as a statute. Glory to Jesus. Okay. So when God says, don't do this, don't do that. It's not the law anymore. He's just protecting your life. And then if he tells you to do this and do that, it's not the law anymore. He's showing you how to live life successfully and, pro in, a, and in a prosperous way. Irene says, I remember you said a while back, if you want to know that you are a peaceful person, that children will always want to come to you. It's true. Yes. Glory to God. Peaceful people attract children. Because peaceful people, the Bible says, bless the peacemaker. Because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. What's the kingdom of heaven? That is your domain in heaven, in the, in the first heaven, in the third heaven, second heaven, first heaven, and not that. That's the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of God is God's throne, God's domain. Kingdom of heaven is your domain. Yeah? And that's given to you 
complete with angels if you're a peacemaker. Glory to God. Praise Judge says, Papa, have you got prayer requests on YouTube? Thank you. Oh, have you sent a prayer request on YouTube? Let me just check. Glory to Jesus. But it's better that I teach you how to pray rather than praying for you. Oh, I've not talked to my YouTube people. Let me read their comments here. Uh, Apostle Matthew says, Papa, you're a blessing to our generation. We love you very much. I love you too. And he says, we are happy to be around you. You have changed our lives tremendously. We love you, Papa. I love you too. And you're a wonderful disciple of the things of God. This man is now moving in the prophetic with such ease. And keep practicing. Let me teach you something, uh, Prophet Matthew. I want you to start learning to prophesy by using newspapers. Huh? Newspapers? Yes. Take a newspaper and sit with it there. Pray in tongues for about 15 minutes. And start saying what you think page 3 says. What's on page 3? At first you'll miss and miss and miss. But don't, don't quit. Just keep trying until you start finding, oh, the story is right. And then go to page 4, page 23, like that. So you just say page 23, then you write it down. Page 24, you write it down. Page 5, practice like that. It will reach a point where you can even tell the colors and the pictures in those pages. Okay? You practice naturally, and then you start entering into the spirit. You're going to sharpen your prophetic, I tell you. Glory to God. Uh, Prince George says, Papa, bless the womb of my, my wife to, to get pregnant. That's done. That, that was done a long time ago. Okay? So you just go and do your what God has called you to do. Be a sharpshooter, and the rest the Lord will fix, okay? Glory to Jesus. Yeah, I have blessed your wife's womb. I have removed barrenness from there. In the mighty name of Jesus, there were some cysts. Okay, let me get into prophetic now. There were some cysts that were developing on the left fallopian tube of your wife. On the left, there were cysts developing. I can see them. I command them to dematerialize right now in Jesus' name. They just fizzled out in the mighty name of Jesus. Then I saw too much acid in her system so that the sperms were being killed by too much acid. I'm commanding the regulation of the pH in the womb so that the sperms can live in the mighty name of Jesus. The problem is solved. Glory to God. You see the power of the prophetic. How would we know there are certain things that even medical doctors can't tell you. But the Spirit of God reveals them to us. Hallelujah. So that problem is solved in Jesus' name. If you have any problem with your womb, it's fixed in the mighty name of Jesus. If you have problems with too much bleeding, it's fixed in Jesus' name. If you have problems with fibroids, I command the fibroids to drop off your womb in the name of Jesus. You're going to experience a heavy, thick bleeding and you'll see the cysts, those fibroid things there. They'll be gone in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Prince George, now just thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Daisy Kringer, my dear, I love you so very much. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. It is working in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank God. Hallelujah. Absalom saying, wow, wow, wow. You're full of wisdom. May God continue blessing you. Thank you so much. I love you so much. That is my relative. We come from the same family. Hallelujah with Absalom. Megan Elias says, Joint late, but I'm here. Love you, my father in Christ. I love you too, my precious daughter. She's so wonderful, so beautiful, so hardworking, so focused. I love the way you work, the way you do your thing. Have you noticed it's just getting better for you? Yeah, money just comes your way. Work just comes your way. The way God works is this. He gives you bit by bit. And then if you're faithful, he increases. And if you're faithful in that, he increases more. You're going to be so rich and so prosperous. Your life's going to be so beautiful. Receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, let me talk to you, talk to you quickly about spices and dyes. Dyes as in D-Y-E-S. In the prophetic. Song of Songs 4 verse 13 to 15, the Bible says, Your plants are an orchard of pomegranates with pleasant fruits, camphire, with spikenard. Now, camphire is what we call henna. Okay? Did you know that henna is prophetic? <laughs> Let me help you now. You see what the Indians like putting, and the Muslims like using it as well. They like putting it on their hands. Like, like when a woman, an Indian woman is about to be married, or a Muslim woman, they, they do henna on their hands. Yeah? They paint that thing. It comes from a plant. The plant is called camphire. Okay? 
So henna stands for marriage. Henna stands for blessed hands. Henna stands for the beautification of the bride of Christ with the prophetic gifts. So before you start saying henna is demonic, can you open your eyes and read the Bible? If you thought henna was not in the Bible, it's there. H-E-N-N-A. It's in the Bible. Okay, I've just read it for you.